Hi. Hi guys. How's everyone doing on this day? <laughs> this day? Because we're taping and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't say what day it is. <laughs> on this day on this that we day come to you. That the Lord has made. <laughs> All right. Today we were talking about a topic that actually came up for me while I was on vacation in Ecuador. I actually did an Instagram post on this. Uh, because it was very eye-opening to me about, uh, um, first of all, that I even went to Ecuador. But people yes. are like, why did you go to Ecuador? <laughs> Here's the reason I went to Ecuador. It's because my dad's business partner has a house Ooh. on the beach in Ayangue, uh, Ecuador, which is right on the beach. And it's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we went. He invited us to come. He has two kids. I have two kids. My dad went. My brother. It was like a whole family vacation. Okay. Um, and... You know, but going there, it was my f kid's first trip, real trip out of the country. So we've right. gone on cruises, but you don't really go to another country. You just kind of get off the boat and, right. like, swim around. Go to, yeah. <laughs> right. go to the Swim around on an factory. island owned by the cruise line. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so this was their first real trip to a foreign country. Yes. And, you know, South America, there are some dicey areas in South America. I wasn't really familiar with Ecuador. Sure. I was a little nervous that maybe I shouldn't be taking my kids there. Right. Um, and people were even asking me, you know, is it safe? And I was right. like, I don't know. Um, but I, you know, I figured, hope so. I figured if my dad's business partner lives there and has a house and he takes his two kids there, it must be okay. Yes. But what came up for me is we tell stories about ourselves and about our children, um, I think to play it safe, you know, like, oh, my daughter's a picky eater. So my daughter can't eat anything outside of what she already has in her realm of food, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. I say that about her because it's, I feel it's true. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, when we went to Ecuador, she ate everything put in front of her. Wow. Every single thing. She tr she at least tried it, mm -hmm. which was so surprising to me because I've always thought she's a picky eater and she won't try anything new, mm -hmm. but she tried everything. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? We make up stories. We make up stories. Mm -hmm. We make up stories because we think that this is the way it is and this is the way it always will be. Mm -hmm. You know, the same thing with my son. You know, he's eight. And we had decided that we wanted to go um, hike this volcano in yeah. Ecuador. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, maybe Trace can't do it. Right. You know, he's only eight. And the elevation, you know, my kids are at sea level their whole life. We're in Quito, which is already at 9,000 feet, you know, and the altitude is like crazy. Oh my gosh. So then we're hiking to 12,000 feet, which is just wow. like, it's like mind blowing to us here yeah. in South Florida who, you know, we're yeah. on the beach basically. Right. And so, um, but he, you know, I was the one stopping every five minutes. He was fine. We also horseback rode on the mount, on the volcano, which you look down and it's like, Boop, mm -hmm. straight down and that was also a fear thing for me yes but they did fine and you know and I did fine right but isn't that crazy how we tell tell ourselves stories and always try to play it safe I know it, it's very easy to do as a parent yes and if, I think it's general what's as I'm listening to you what's coming up for me is it's generational right so yeah so literally in my generation Look at my my mother, my grandmother, who helped raise me, my grandmother's mother. My grandmother's mother was agoraphobic and didn't leave the house, according to my grandmother, that she was that anxious. Scared, okay. Yeah. My grandmother 
her reaction to that was, I'm afraid I'm going of nothing. everywhere. <laughs> I'm doing everything. You're right. not stopping me. And she was, my grandmother was amazing. She was fearless of anything. My mother, more like grandmother, grandmother. at least in my experience when I was younger. Now, my mm-hmm. mom has done a lot of fearless things, which is impressive. But as a mother to me, it was, <gasps> you can't don't, do anything. Don't. I wasn't allowed right. to go on boats. I wasn't allowed to go on planes. I wasn't allowed to go away for vacation. I had a friend in college who, um, her dad had his own plane for years. He's a... Well, you know, I don't know if I really that, I, blame all, her about that. Right, but going all, on a small little, <laughs> and I get it because right. I would be terrified too. But the thing of it is, is every college roommate I had went to the Bahamas and stayed with them for a week. Yeah. I was excluded from everything because, because I wasn't allowed on the boats. I wasn't the allowed plane. on the planes. I wasn't even really allowed on the commercial plane to go meet them there. It was just so much fear and so much right. protection. And ironically, my mom's seventy-one now. She does stuff now. I'm like, you're going to Washington in March? What? And she's yeah. like, yeah, like she's fearless. But as a mom, Mother. she planted a lot of feed, a, a lot of fear into me. And so now I have fed my children some of that because, again, you the yin and the yang. So I'm a little more like my grandmother, like, I don't want to be afraid of everything, but I was very protected. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of the middle of that, which I think is still too much playing it safe. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely quick to warn my kids of the dangers. And so, of course, I have almost two kids that are fully rebellious, you know, so my son's like, I'm jumping, I'm going, I'm driving fast, I'm jumping off the bridge, I'm Mm -hmm. doing, I'm doing, because he doesn't like that mom's like, be careful, be Mm -hmm. careful. And now my daughter, who's always been cautious, is 19, and now she's getting that way, like, well, I want to see, and I want to try, and I want to do it. So I think that I'm really inspired by what you're bringing up, because I am guilty of this. Mm -hmm. Guilty as charged, Play it safe, fear-based, mm-hmm. but it's generational for me. Yeah, It's been taught, it's been passed down, you know, from my mom, from my grandmother, you know, she inspired me, but from my great-grandmother, I mean, it's just generational. So this is very interesting. You know, the other thing that came up for me, and I really, and like I said, this wasn't a trip that I would have normally gone on, but when I got there... You know, I felt, first of all, I felt completely safe. It is, it's probably the only country or only place I've ever been that I literally had no no fear when I got there. Wow. The people are so nice and warm and happy wow. and I never felt in fear of my safety or my kids' safety ever. Even in the big city wow. of Quito, which has two million people. It's wow. like New York City. And I never once was in an area where I felt unsafe at all. That's amazing. The other thing that... Um, that I thought was really interesting was that my children got to experience something that they never experience in the United mm. States. And that is poverty, but poverty where people um, are okay with living very simply and are very happy, mm. you know? It's a different kind of not having any money. I mean, they, they their homes were made out of thatch mm. and dirt floors. I mean, we're talking about extreme poverty, but it's almost like it, it was, it, they're okay. It's okay. They, they, it's don't, okay. they don't know any they different. They don't know any different. This is fine. And it's very simple. And all the kids are outside playing and they're so happy. Oh. No one's on a cell phone because for, first of all, a lot of them can't afford cell phones. No one has a car, so they're walking everywhere. Wow. And so I really think it was so, what I loved about it is being able to show my kids that not everyone lives like we live, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Like the way we live is not right or wrong. I just want them to know that 
there's another way to live. Yes. You know? That's completely different. That's completely different. Mm -hmm. And so many people in this world live differently than we live. Mm -hmm. um, so that was another thing that I think when you were able to get past that fear and show your kids something, a different way of life. That's you know, amazing. Which I thought was interesting. I did have one incident that came up for me that was a little bit like, I didn't know if it was a fear thing or if it was a, a real thing. Right. <laughs> so my son went to play on the cliffs with the the little boy that we went to visit his his parents in, in Ayangay, and they were they were fishing off some cliffs, mm -hmm. and we were with them. And then I decided to leave to go back to the house, and the little the twelve year old boy was like, "No worries, I'll watch your son." And he he'd been out there a million times fishing. Mm -hmm. I start to walk away and I got around the corner and I got this like, <gasps> I cannot leave my son there, mm -hmm. you know? And I didn't know, is that a fear from when my brother died who basically, who fell out of a tree? Right. And so I have that fear of falling and a, mm -hmm. a freak accident like that. Or was that a real thing? You know, and there's no way for us to know that. But right. what's interesting to me is that when we think of kind of classic post-traumatic stress, which mm -hmm. is what you would have from having experienced that, you would think that you would have had a reaction to the cliff period. Itself. Itself, yeah. being there, standing there, mm -hmm. having your son be there, that you would have been like, stand back, stand yeah. back, stand, and that you would have been reacting. But what's interesting is you didn't have any reactivity mm -hmm. until you left, and then you had what I would call a gut instinct yeah. of like, this, this isn't going to work. This right. doesn't feel right. Yeah. Something's not right here. And you went back. So I think that's one of the things that's interesting for us, right, is determining what are real fears. And this mm -hmm. is, you know, playing it safe. So many of us play it safe because we think it's a real fear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a real fear. And sometimes it's a gut instinct, mm -hmm. you know, that is like telling you don't do this or do this. And so figuring out which those are, it's very, very difficult. I think for me... One of the things I love is that I feel like gut instincts are that. They come out of nowhere. nowhere. And yeah. it's like your body's way of going, stop. Don't yeah. drive down that road. Stop right now. Go back. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned to listen to that. And I feel mm -hmm. like that has saved me over time. I remember one time I was getting ready to step into an elevator to a parking garage. Which parking garages as a woman can be a little dicey, dicey. right? They're dark. There's yeah. nobody around. And I had that, literally it felt like a hand on my shoulder not to get in that elevator. It was dusk, there was nobody around. And I literally felt it and I went, mm. and right at that moment someone was walking up and he was a little sketchy and I just bolted and went the other way like towards security and he started running the other way. So things like that, I feel like when your body goes, ah, don't do that, we should listen. But the fear stuff, that tends to be the spinning, spinning. right? And the stories in your and head, like, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this yes. is going to happen, yeah. I feel like that's what anxiety does to mm -hmm. us. Anxiety tells us stories. Well, what if the plane crashes? Mm -hmm. Well, what if our luggage doesn't get there? Well, what if, what if, what if? That feels to me like anxiety mm -hmm. that's creating these scary thoughts. And so a lot of times if you talk back to those thoughts, saying things like, you know what? When is the last time that the plane crashed when I was on it? Right. Never. Right. The chances of that are very small. Let's look at the statistics. It's mm -hmm. the safest way to travel. So it's responding back to some of that with some, you know, some grounding, some logic, mm -hmm. and then seeing if you can quiet some of that, that will be about just anxiety and fear versus a gut instinct is interesting. It will not quiet. Yeah. And that was it. For yeah, you. that was you, it. You, I had to you, turn you had around. To like it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks yep. after I'd walked away, and I was like, I gotta go get him. Yep. And I did. I just said, you know what? You guys can fish off the beach. I'm okay with being here and fishing. 
just not off the cliff. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Know? Like, this is what like I'm, I'm just a little freaked out about this. Yes. You know, the other interesting thing, I, so I went to the dermatologist the other day, and he was telling me a story about how his youngest daughter um, was, who is the, the the one that he would say, of his three children, if they were going to get into trouble, this is the one that would get into trouble. <laughs> and I guess she was out with some friends on a boat. She's 18. She was out on a friend's with some boat, and they were doing some, there were some jet skiers nearby. And a, like a 275-pound guy who clearly had been drinking got knocked off of the jet ski, knocked out. So they all got out of the boat, dragged him to, to shore. I guess wow. this was maybe near Peanut Island or something. Wow. And she did CPR on this kid and brought him back to life. Wow. Now, wow. let me tell you that her, her, her father said, I didn't even know she knew CPR, <laughs> you know? But I think what I'm trying to highlight is that our children really know and can figure stuff out on their own. Like, we don't have to be on top of them all of the time. They're really so much more proficient than yes. we give them credit for. And so for. are we. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when we get in a crisis and we, you know, for instance, my son's luggage got lost, mm -hmm. you know, on the way there. He didn't have luggage for five days. Well, we figured it oh, out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think you just have to realize that not only you can figure it out, but your kids can too. Yeah, and so that's your pitch is that, you know, people shouldn't play it so safe. They should color outside the lines. They mm -hmm. should step outside that box a little bit and push a little bit because what that creates is competency. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really hard for us parents is to step back and let them figure it out. But it really is important for them mm -hmm. because once they figure it out, then they get to feel the competency and the, the confidence. confidence. Yeah. And that's, we rob that from them when we don't let them do anything. Yeah. And you know, it's so, I, and I know why we don't, you know, a lot yeah. of times we think we can do it better or we're in a hurry. So we just don't let them yeah. do it. You know, it's like, Oh, I'll just clean up her room because you know, I'm in a hurry and oh, yes. I've got guests coming over. Well, right. no, right. you know, let your daughter clean right. up her room. This morning, my daughter was, was emptying the dishwasher, and I was like, oh, I don't know if she's going to put everything back in the right place. Maybe I should get up and help her. And I'm like, no. Her job is to empty the dishwasher. She'll figure it out. She will figure out where everything goes. And what's the know? worst that can happen, really? Right. <laughs> the you Tupperware's know, in the wrong place. There are place. kids at like five and six that still don't know how to tie their shoes because... You know, we've been tying their shoes for so long. Th those were my kids because we had too much Velcro in our life. <laughs> right, right. right. Velcro or me doing it because right. it's just quicker because you're it's a single quicker. mom and it's right. just like, we got to get in the car. Right. And it's true. Then they're 10 and they're like, yeah, yeah never. I don't, I don't know how to tie my have shoes. No idea. <laughs> yeah. Or ride yeah. a bike or yeah. do any of those things yeah. that you need to learn how to do. Yes. Even laundry, you know? Yes. I mean, I knew how to do laundry from a young age because my mom was like, I'm not doing your laundry when you yeah. go to college. And, you know, like, we have to teach our kids how to do that kind of stuff. The Let them fly. Thing. Best you know? thing you can do. I've done a lot of things wrong in this department, but one of the things that I think I did right that I really loved was I have a daughter that's a perfectionist, and if she can't do it right the first time, it's my daughter. she's not doing it, yeah. right? They confronted me, confronted me at daycare. <laughs> because she wouldn't ride a tricycle. They're like, listen, she's got to ride the tricycle, tricycle because it develops a part of her brain and she was like, not going to do it. So that's how she's always been. So two things I made her do. One was piano is very hard, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a lifelong journey to learn how right. to play a piano. And she was so frustrated that she wasn't getting it. And I said to the teacher one day, because the teacher was a little like, did you practice? And frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, 
we're going to be here for a very long time because this is training to stick with something. Right. This is training to do something that you can't do perfect. Mm -hmm. And this is about connection and this is about all kinds of things. And it's funny. And the teacher was a little bit like this and she yeah. went, she got me and she went, okay. And now she's one of our closest friends still, Aww. you know, Hannah's going to be 19. She hasn't yeah. done lessons in forever, but Miss Dawn is very dear to us because we just built a relationship. Some days she prayed with Hannah. Some days, I mean, they just did all kinds of stuff. Sometimes yeah. they talked and just ate ice cream together. But because Hannah didn't love the piano, but she hung in there and we went every week. That and roller skating. First time on skates. I hate it. I want to go home. I'm not doing this. I said, you can decide that you hate it once you know how to skate. Right. Because everybody hates it when they don't know how. Right. But if right. you know how, it's one of the most fun things you can do. Right. And she was spitting at me and angry and <laughs> mad and she was sweating and but we kept going yeah. until she had it. And now of course she loves it. Her and her brother go together. It's one of the things they really enjoy. Yeah. So I'm really glad that I but it's the same thing as like not letting them out of stuff so quickly because right. you feel like, oh, they're not going to be able to do it or it's going to yeah. harm them in some way. It's like, no, you can do this yeah. and you'll you figure it out it. and you will stick with right. it. And at the end of it, you then decide once you know it and you know it inside and out. But to quit too quickly yeah. is something that I think we do. What are some tools you can tell people as far as like for, for, for adults to not play it safe? Because I think we kind of have shown as far as kids, you know, it's easier for us to tell our kids not to play it safe than right. it is for ourselves. My favorite expression in therapy is feel the fear and do, do it, it anyway. anyway. Yeah. And I pretty much, I believe there's a book from the 70s that's, that's the title for. Mm -hmm. But I really believe, like a lot of times people will say to me, I'm just so scared and I go, uh-huh, mm -hmm. it's just a feeling. Yeah. So feel the fear and do it anyway. And believe me, from my mouth to my own ears, I, I really struggle with this one. Um, but really continuing to push, and that's one of the reasons I still do therapy on a regular basis on mm -hmm. and off is because I get very scared by things easily. Like I feel traumatized, like even, you know, if you're sick or vertigo, things like that, that mm -hmm. scare you, that ha you have an incident and then you're afraid of what if that happens again? So then you're afraid, well, what if I'm driving or what if I'm doing this? And so then you want to start closing all the doors on what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at risk of that. I am my great grandmother's child, mm -hmm. right? So that like, oh, before long, you'll just be in a house doing nothing. Right. So that's one of the things that, you know, therapy can help process that for people. And it's like, Yes, let's talk about it or even EMDR that I always swear by mm -hmm. that can remove the trauma because you need to be able to feel the fear and do it anyway. People do this with dating. I don't yeah. want to date. It's just so scary. It's so weird. You can't just not uh, connect date. with humans, right. right? Or driving. A lot of people have given up driving because it's just too scary. And so figuring out how to, you know, the old expression, you fall off a horse. When I used to horseback ride, you get Right, right back, back on. on because if you wait a month you'll never get on a horse again as long as you live yeah. so recognizing it's okay to be afraid that doesn't mean you can't do it or that you shouldn't do it yeah you know once you have tried but true I mean there's things I do I go oh that makes me dizzy so then I don't do that you know if it's something that I can avoid but there but a lot of times it's just doing it and realizing oh you know what it's fine yeah I really do great at it. You know, this is interesting because I think what, what I like to always say is you need to follow the universe and follow the signs of the universe. Because for me, you know, I feel like the universe presents things to you and you have to make a decision. Like, mm -hmm. am I going to take this risk 
or am I going to play it safe? And mm -hmm. I think if you start to, you really need to start paying attention to when things get presented to you. For instance, the trip to Ecuador for me mm -hmm. was presented to me by my dad. Let's go here. I have this, he's inviting us. And my initial reaction was, oh, I don't want to go to Ecuador with, for the summer with my kid, you know, right. like, Who I has just, time? yeah, I don't have time, mm, like, and, you know, I really want to go other places. I've, I've never, like, what, thought I wanted to go to Ecuador, you know, right. but it presented itself to me, and I was actually talking to someone about it, and he said, why wouldn't you go? And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, it just wasn't ever something I wanted to do. Right. But it's so funny because I really, I, I think the universe was saying, this is a trip you need to take. Yeah. This will make you and your kids better, right. you know? And so I think when you can start to recognize that and notice the things that are presented to you mm -hmm. and don't always just say no, you know? That Saying was yes. my new year's resolution on the year that I started with um, channel 12. My New Year's resolution is say yes to everything because right. as an anxious, fear-based person, I always said no. no. Oh, we have this great opportunity. You could be on TV. Oh, I'm not good on TV. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not, you know, I would always come up with the reasons why it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Oh, I can't be a singer. I mean, I could never blah, 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 blah. Right. And so we just sabotage ourselves. Mm -hmm. So literally my New Year's resolution that year was say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And you came to me and said, hey, we've got this thing. And, right. and I'm like... Okay. All right. And I literally remember just being like, well, okay, keep me posted. You know, yeah. and then you did. You came back and you said, okay, we're starting in January. How do you feel? I'm like, okay. Right. But I was terrified. And any other time in my life, had it not been that made that New Year's resolution, I really would have probably been like, you know what? I'm so busy at work and the kids, and I don't really think I can maneuver this. And I just would have said no. Yeah. You know, and it was obviously two and a half years that I loved, and it's built right. this, and now we're doing this. And right. so the opportunities yeah. are there for yep. you to say yes and to get outside of your comfort zone. I hate that cliche. I said, let's not call it get outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> let's call it not playing it safe. Yes. Risk taking. Risk taking. And following yeah. the universe. I love that. I love, mm -hmm. you know, and we could do this spins into a million topics about mindfulness and staying connected mm -hmm. and staying connected to those doors that open and going mm -hmm. through the doors that open and putting yourself out there, you know, yeah. but it's really about being present, being in your skin. So you can even see that these opportunities are presenting are themselves. Yes. Yeah. Like recently I've just had a lot of things that have just kind of popped up and, you know, opportunities have come up that I never mm -hmm. would have known about. And normally I never would have even said it was things I wanted to do, yes. but then they present your, themselves and you're like, Oh, well that's an interesting opportunity. You know, you know, it's really fascinating. I, I can't give details on this, but it's, it's, it's exactly kind of along the same lines. One of the things I used to do is I hate change. And so anytime that anything changed in my life, it would be like a, instantly a bad thing. You know, like maybe you're renting a place, like my office, and then you have to change offices. It's like, oh my gosh, this, this is, is the worst thing awful. ever. <laughs> and I remember um, I had this accountant that I loved so, so much, and we were personal friends. And I just, I felt like he saved me because I was a single mom when I met him, and he incorporated me retroactively, which was impossible to do and he saved me all this money so I really attached a lot to him as a human that oh my gosh he's the only one that can do my taxes and I really made up this story right, right. in my head that he was the only one like almost that I had these dicey taxes and nobody would be able to figure it out because, you know, and, <laughs> because you're so complicated right, right. well he would say like oh you know you're you're a therapist so you're a tax and so I was like oh nobody's gonna <laughs> can know. do a therapist and then I really therapist. connected I made right. that up in my head that he was the only one I made up that you know if I had anybody else I was gonna cost me so much more 
more every year and all this stuff. So out of the blue, he comes to me and he's like, listen, I'm leaving the firm. I'm taking a job in the islands. I'm going to be managing and doing this. And Mm -hmm. it's a total life change for me. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. But I was terrified. Devastating. Big words, right? Right. Catastrophic, terrifying, devastated. And he's like, Jessica's great. She's going to do... And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know. Who's Jessica? (laughs) You mean, just panic. And she is the loveliest human being. I probably, one of the loveliest humans I've ever met. She did more for me in a month. I mentioned to her, oh, I've always wanted to do this. And she goes, well, you can do that. I said, what? What? I said, well, I had talked to you. She goes, oh my gosh, no, it's here. Here, there you go. There's the paper there. She figured out so much stuff. She's got me so doing so great in my tax situation and now investments and I'm blown away. So I got a call on Friday from somebody else who's a professional in my life. They're like, listen, I'm leaving. I'm turning your case over to so-and-so. And I went, this is going to be so much better than it even was with this person that I love. And it was so nice to, I, I, that fear started to go, what? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm so close with you and you trust me and I, you know, my, and I went, yeah, this is a gift that's going to turn out better and the next few months are going to be even better than they ever were with him. Nothing against him because he's amazing. But that's funny. That's what he said when he called. He goes, this next person has the time and they're going to do a wonderful job. And I believed it because that's been my experience now. But it's fascinating how we do, we get, we cringe, we get scared. Any change, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody sells the company. Oh, you're going to have to go do your dry cleaning here. They're going to ruin all my stuff. I mean, we just go there. And so that felt so good the other day to go, oh, I've got a gift coming. Right. It's going to be better than I could have imagined. Right. When you can really start nice. to change, make that shift in your brain. That to it's not go be to better. fear first. Right. Because the fear is not real. Mm-mm. What does fear stand for? Isn't there a word for that? False. Something. Yes. False evidence appearing, appearing real. real. False evidence appearing real. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yes. We didn't make that up. But. No. <laughs> Yep. Don't know how where I just pulled that from. Right, right. I was like, you someone like said that? that to me once. Yes, yes, it's true. Um, all right, guys. So yeah, don't play it safe. Walk yes. through the fear. Yep. Take a risk. Get out of your comfort zone yep. and see how magical life can be. Yeah. And do the same for your kids. Allow them to not play it so safe. Yeah. And to face their fear. And yes. don't don't hold them and prevent right. them from doing it. Don't keep them in a box. It. Don't tell yes. stories that they're picky eaters and all these things. You might be surprised how much they actually do eat. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter ate a dish. First of all, they don't have mac and cheese and <laughs> mac and cheese in Ecuador. And we should have known from the beginning that this was, did not translate to mac and cheese, but we thought it did. And it comes out looking sort of like a stir fry. And Lane, who's never eaten stir fry in her life, ate the entire plate of mac and cheese. And ordered it next the next day. <laughs> and yep, it the next and loved day. it. It's her new favorite. Just so you know. So uh, there's that. I love that. it. Stop telling stories that Stop, aren't true. That, that are not true. That's true. Love it. All right, guys. Well, don't forget we're on podcast. You can listen to all of our episodes. Just go to the podcast service on your phone. We are also on YouTube. Go and subscribe, subscribe. to our channel. Mm-hmm. We are, um, don't forget to like our page and like our comment, uh, like our <laughs> video. Like everything. <laughs> just, just like, like everything. It. Just push the button. Comment. Tell us what you want to hear more about. Yes. If you have any issues in your life, what you want us to talk about. And I think that was a good episode. Yeah. We were, we're happy to help. Yeah. All right. Bye, bye. guys. Bye.